welcome to Light Warrior Radio, where my intention is to empower and inspire you to manifest the life of your dreams, whether that's radiant health, prosperity, loving relationships, or simply peace of mind. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, best-selling author of Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And I love helping highly, highly sensitive people. And if you're having some problems right now, I would love to help you. I have a free guide for you at sensitivesoulguide.com. It's my free sensitive soul empowerment guide. So just helping you navigate your life so you have more positivity and more empowerment. So today I have a very special guest. In fact, uh, my guest is actually my mentor. Yes, my mentor. I, I've, I've talked about my mentors on and on and on for the last, I don't know how many you know, months and months of you know, radio shows, and, and I am so thrilled to finally be able to share his wisdom with you. Now, and here, and this is one of the reasons that I wanted to bring Marcus Bird on, on the call today, because I was a struggling acupuncturist. I know that sounds kind of weird. I'm an MD, an acupuncturist. And I struggled so much with getting enough clients in the office. And then once I got enough clients, I thought, this is great. I'm full. Uh, but what happened was every time I would leave on vacation, I wouldn't have money to pay my rent. <laughs> like, geez, where's all this money going to? You know, and I, I guess we weren't really taught even in medical school how to really run a business. And then I see all my healer friends you know, um, trying to do what they love, you know, do hands-on healing or intuitive readings. And so many of them are poor, they're struggling. Um, and then when I met uh, and, uh, Andy Ramsey and Marcus Bird from the Wellness Leadership Academy, they really opened my eyes to what was really going on. I'm going to share some of that wisdom today because that is one of the things that really pains me still is to see really beautiful, talented people that are healers that are really struggling, not only with their finances, but also their health um, because they, you know, they can't make money, you know, and then they run themselves ragged like I used to do. So before I formally introduce Marcus, uh, I want to share a little bit about him. So Marcus Bird is a wellness futurist and momentum expert, and he works with forward-thinking wellness entrepreneurs take a local practice and make it global for more time freedom so you can spend more time with the ones you love. More location freedom so you can work anywhere and financial freedom so you can um, really retire and just enjoy your life. And in fact, I recently closed my physical office thanks to the help of uh, Marcus Bird and his um, associate and partner, Andy Ramsey. So he helps wellness practitioners gain momentum, become like wellness leaders by unpacking and sharing their wisdom and magic, implementing marketing strategies that empower them to reach more people. And as the guru of alignment, he empowers wellness leaders to align their businesses to their passion and in turn their customers. So empowering to attract more clients, make more money, and have a bigger impact in the world. He's the author of The Three-Minute Coach, the world's fastest and most effective way to gain momentum, communicate and engage teams and individuals. He's uh, done speaking gigs all over the world for many, many years. Um, his aim is to build deep intimacy, activate intuitive intelligence, and uncover rapid insights that create deeper influence fast. So without further ado, welcome, Marcus. Wow. Thank you, Karen. That's a, that's a lot to live up to. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you. <laughs> I'm, I'm super excited to have you on the call. And, and I know right. this is uh, really important to you as well, because I know you and Andy have this Incredibly. mission yeah. to move 10 million people to wellness. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, and, and, and it's, it's a big really mission. Needed. You know, there's lots happening on the planet right now. And mm -hmm. uh, the world needs us. Right, you, you know, yeah, you and I and, our, and your listeners. That's right, all of us. 
Um, it, we're really needed right now, and, and as you mentioned, you know, it just doesn't serve to to do it while you're struggling. You know, Absolutely. we have to be thriving, and if we're going to move the world and get that the world to thrive, we have to thrive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I can't agree more. Now, <laughs> now, Marcus, a lot of people know you now as a wellness leadership expert, but yes. you know, it that wasn't always the case, and we would love to know more of your history about okay. like where did you start, like in in uh, your life as, as a business person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, where do I start? It's been an interesting journey, um, Karen. <laughs> um, and there were <clears throat> some real pivotal moments, you know, because, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, I started in business when I was 16 years of age. But if we sort of fast forward to when everything changed, because, you know, I spent time many years in the corporate world and um, I spent uh, I spent time doing all the things that I thought my parents wanted me to do. And um, mm. it wasn't until... You know, until I had a sort of pivotal moment in a corporate job that I had, and, and I was very successful. I had a beautiful corner office overlooking the the, the, the river here in Melbourne, and 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 I was travelling nationally, and a you know big national manager. And I sat back, very you know proud of myself, thinking I was really great. And uh, and I remember leaning back on my chair and putting my hand on my heart and saying, "There has to be more in life than this." You know, climbing the corporate ladder, doing what you you're supposed to do, right? Because I grew up on the right side of the river, I had the right friends and the right wife and the right job and the right <laughs> everything, everything right based on my parents' expectation. Mm-hmm. And and I realised that there had to be more than this drudgery of every day going to an office. And so so I gave myself chronic fatigue syndrome. And uh, well, I like to say I gave myself chronic fatigue syndrome uh, from a more empowered place. Right. And, and that was that was really amazing because I spent really two years learning about myself learning about health and healing and learning and really connecting to my passion, which I realized was to help people. And I realized I'd been doing that ever since I was very, very young. And, um, and so, you know, through that healing journey, um, I, I became a kinesiologist, applied kinesiologist. I became a counselor and then eventually a coach. Um, and I learned a lot about the universe and the inner workings of humans and and the planet and all sorts of really amazing things, which you know we can talk about if you want to, Karen, at some point throughout today. Um, but but yeah, some really detailed sort of stuff and um, about energy and flow and how the how the universe works. And so I took that into my practice and and that helped me to build a multimodality clinic that was incredibly busy, that was you know worth a lot of money. I was booked out months in advance, and um, and I suppose you know two sort of things happened. One is that a number of practitioners started asking me, "Well, how are you doing that?" So I started to share initially with the practitioners who worked for me, and then obviously outwardly. But but eventually I got to the point again where I was fully booked up. I was busy in a sort of time, you know, bricks and mortar, time for dollars sort of business. And, and again, I started to get fatigued again. And I started to sort of fall mm. into almost a similar trap where I was just overworked and underpaid. <laughs> uh, feeling you know, overworked and underpaid. And so I had to work out a different way. And that's when I started. I actually, <laughs> I actually called out to the universe one day and I just said, there, there has to be a better way to do this. You know, I, I was in the corporate world, which I didn't want to be in, but I was making six-figure salary, like a high six-figure salary. And now I'm doing something I'm super passionate about that is actually benefiting the planet where the job I had in corporate really didn't benefit the planet at all. Um, I'm mm. sure it did in its own little way, but not really. But, um, but now I was doing something that was beneficial on the planet, yet I wasn't making the money. 
even though I was booked up, I wasn't making the money. I didn't have any freedom. I was a slave to the practice. And I got, this is ridiculous. And so that's when I started to build technology around and strategies and systems and processes around going live initially, doing live events, doing group healings rather than individual healings, starting to work online because the online space was just sort of just starting to, you know, take off then. Um, and, uh, and it gave me the time, location, financial freedom. And obviously then lots of practitioners asked and that's where sort of Wellness Leadership Academy came about. Oh, that is so neat. That is so neat. And, and, and what I really respect about you and both you and Andy is because you have been wellness practitioners, not just business yeah. people. I had lots yeah. of great coaches, of course, in the past, but there yeah. was always this disconnect because they didn't really get what I did. Yeah. Um, and so some of the strategies, whether it be marketing or whatever, it just didn't seem to fit and I couldn't, mm. I, I couldn't, um, let's just say blurt that stuff out of my mouth <laughs> because <laughs> it just didn't fit with my, with my patients and clients and, yeah. and because you have this experience of being a practitioner and being a successful yeah. practitioner knowing how to attract, you know, brick and mortar clients if you want to, and then going yeah. online, um, yeah. then that's been super, super helpful for me. Right. Um, you know, being able right. to understand like um, wellness marketing yeah. and coming yeah. from an authentic place. So, a Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things I noticed, you know, because before I was a practitioner, when I was in the corporate world, I did a master's of entrepreneurship and innovation and I did all the MBAE stuff. And, you know, I learned a lot about that traditional form of getting your message out there. And then when I was, a, when I was starting to transition my practice into a, you know, more of a global national practice, um, you know, I, I went out and learned as much as I could from as many people as I could about the online space and what was happening. And, and you're right, there was nothing for wellness. So, mm -hmm. so I had to, and Andy did the same thing. We had to work out how do we adapt the technology so that it fits with this incredibly sensitive industry, you know, because the sales techniques don't work. The same marketing techniques don't work. Right. You know? And so, and so that's, that's really what happened. You know, I, I worked with other coaches like you probably did. And mm -hmm. then I just started to adapt it and go, okay, how do I get that system to work in wellness? And where's the difference and how do I adapt it? And so that's, that's what I spent years doing. And, and that led to where we are today with, you know, lots of success. Mm, that's great. Well, one yeah. of the things I, I think that is really important and I know you do as well is, um, is that we can do a lot of outer world actions, like yes. tick the boxes, do this, do this, do this, do this. But if our inner world thoughts and beliefs and mindsets are not in alignment with abundance and, you know, prosperity, if you will, um, yeah. success, then it can really sabotage us. And I know for me, I was, I had so many negative money beliefs uh, before from, you know, that I adopted from my parents and our various generations, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. as many of us do. Yes. Yeah. Um, exactly. It, it, took a lot of shifting and yeah. uh, so I'm wondering from your perspective now you know having worked with so many healers so many wellness people like why are there so many wellness practitioners and healers specifically I mean because we're working with a lot of energy healers my Topican level 2 trainees uh, some of yeah. them are here on the call um, yeah, who are going to ask questions yeah Yay. they're highly gifted they're talented <laughs> absolutely you know, and, and my friends are who are doing that, they're not making money. I mean, they're no. they're sick and they're burnt out. Like, like, yeah. what is that about? No. And and I, you know, it's so frustrating to watch that. And, and obviously, we see it all the time. Hmm. You know, because we're meeting practitioners all around the world. 
And, and it's the same all around the world, be it Australia, New Zealand, wow. USA, Canada, uh, England, Europe. You know, it, it, the story is not dissimilar, even though the environment's slightly different in that there's, there's this disconnection between doing my passion and, and having experiencing abundance while I do it. You know, let's call it abundance. Let's not even attach money or anything to it. Let's just call it abundance. Okay. Um, so that we don't shut our brains down straight away as I start talking about this because this is what often happens. Yes. And there's this disconnection between passion and purpose and, and sort of reward and money and, and, and abundance. And, and for some reason, um, there's this confusion between the two. And, and almost there's a, there's a, I don't know, there's this feeling that I have to give stuff away for free, that I have to, I have to almost be charitable about it because that's the nice thing to do. Um, and, and in fact, that, that gets you to misalign with the whole universe, right? Just that statement, just that belief system around, you know, I should do this for free because it's the nice thing to do, actually gets you out of alignment with the universe. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. How does that work? Well, because the universe, the interesting part about the universe is that, and, and you know, I want to I sort of dive into this a little bit because there's an inner and outer game that we play here. So let's play the inner game because, you know, you mentioned it and I know you love the inner game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, I think the universe, the universe is designed to provide abundance. That's actually how it's designed. I mean, you just have to look at the stars at night to see how much abundance is out in the universe, right? But mm -hmm. you can also look at the planet and look at how much incredible abundance that we have and we had more of until we came along, but, but we still have. <laughs> like the abundance is a birthright. And it's actually, the universe is designed to provide abundance. And what ends up happening is that we tend to get in the road and push abundance away. So, so if we were just to align with the universe and just sit back into it and relax into it, abundance is the state of being that is natural. <laughs> and what we do is we create unnatural states of being, which is lack of abundance, which is struggle, which is, you know, and I think, you know, like you mentioned before, it's potentially generational in that, there's a belief or there's a sort of a, a feeling or a, an energy that's set up that, that to have anything, you have to push hard to get it or struggle or right. there's a whole Life lot of stuff you have to do. That's right. Life is a struggle. And, and, it, and it goes by, and I think a lot changed um, when science came along. But even if we go back to more ancient times, a lot changed in sort of Egypt when, um, when certain pharaohs came along and they started to chunk down things into the singular rather than the collective. And, and, um, and, and so this sort, of, uh, this sort of mathematical equation started to appear, which was that one plus one equals two, which means that I have to do something, you know, I have to create something, I have to put out an energy to get a result. Right? And mm -hmm. science is big on this, right? And there's absolutely mm -hmm. a place for one plus one is two, without a doubt, right? It's an important aspect and it proves a whole lot of things. But from an abundance point of view, the calculation, the equation is actually incorrect because the equation actually is one plus one can equal anything, right? Is wow. that there is, no, there is no one plus one equals two. Um, and, and this is where abundance lives. Abundance lives in this infinite possibility, this realm of infinite possibility. Um, rather than a, a, a restricted possibility, which then gets us to believe that I have to do a whole lot of things to get something back. I have to, there are certain, you know, whatever your belief is, there are certain things I have to activate to have a result, 
Mm, well, yeah, because I was taught you have to work hard for That's money. Right. Yeah, to. so if I didn't work hard, you know, when people say, oh, things will work out, I'm like, dang it, of course it'll work out because i got to work hard for making it work out. That's right. <laughs> i got to work hard for my money. You know, it yeah. doesn't come easy. Life's not easy. Life, blah, no. blah, blah. And there's lots of stories that we've chosen to agree with and mm. collect and relive and continue to live. Where, where the truth of the matter is that the universe is designed for abundance and if you get out of the road, abundance comes. Um, and, and, it, and I learned a lot of this when I had chronic fatigue, but when I was in practice, a really interesting thing happened, Karen, is that I, I'd go into practice and there were, there were days like all of us where you're just tired, exhausted, you just, you know, you almost have that feeling, well, I don't know whether I can be bothered today, you know, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think we all go through this. We might not want to admit it, but every now and then there are days where you just go, oh, really? I just can't today. I just don't, right? <laughs> And what I realized is that if I had a fully booked day and I went in with that attitude or that feeling, um, my receptionist would ring me and say, oh, by the way, this person's canceled. And then two minutes later, oh, this person's canceled and this person's canceled. Yes, yes. And, and for, a, for a little while, I used to get angry with myself. I used to go, oh, damn, you know, this is no good. I've got to have a fully booked practice. Oh. And, and then I got smart, and I, you, know, and I'm, I'm not the, you know, I'm not the fastest learner, and that's okay, but I sort of got <laughs> smart and I went, hang on a minute. If, I can, if I'm pushing people away, surely I have the power to bring people towards me. Do you know what I mean? Like uh -huh. if I have the power to get rid of clients because I'm <laughs> fatigued or whatever, surely I have the power to bring them to me. <laughs> and this is when I started building technology around and, and really going deeper into that inner game work where I went, you know, that so much of attraction has to do with me and not necessarily the things I'm doing externally, you know, like mm -hmm. social media or marketing or running an ad or going to a networking event or whatever the ways you attract clients is, I realized that the majority of the attraction was the inner work and the inner game, not the outer game of strategy and systems and marketing plans and <laughs> social media and all those other things that benefit it. But, but if you don't get the inner game right, and I often term this the X factor in wellness business success, Mm -hmm. If you don't get this X factor, if you don't understand this, if you don't work with this, then struggle is, is going to be the natural way it works. <laughs> You're going to have to struggle. You're going to have to put out energy to get something back, whereas really it's about setting up the sort of frequency of abundance, aligning your resonant field to attract the things that you want to attract. Wow. And, 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 I, and it's so true. I think that um, honestly, I have never been very good at committing to like meditation. Um, yeah. And my meditation teacher, like from, you know, forever ago, would be very gentle and she would say, you know, um, it would really be helpful if you spent maybe even 10 minutes a day on a regular practice. <laughs> and I'd be yeah. like, yeah, 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 you know, because I'm like, I want results, right? And I'm yeah. Pushing and doing, action, doing, doing, action, doing action, action. Yeah, yeah. And but the thing was, Marcus, is that I I looked at my friends who did sometimes two hours of meditation a day, and I didn't see that their yeah. life was any more abundant than mine. So I'm like, why bother? Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. But I think yeah. that you guys convinced me. Uh, you know, on some level, I said, okay, I'm really going to give this a shot, and uh, you know, read read some other books, and that really resonated we uh, with me, a technique that resonated with me, and then I yeah. realized that 
it's almost like magic how stuff happens. Yeah. Like all of it a is. sudden somebody would like, you know, email me and say, hey, I'd like to interview yeah. for your, you know, $8,000, you know, program yeah. or whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, and I was like, how did that happen? Then I realized it was like me being in that peaceful, happy, joyful, replenished state. Um, and the universe was like, yep, we're going to help you. You know, we're supporting you. We're going to resonate whatever yeah. you're resonating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this is the key around the alignment piece that, you know, when you did my intro is about because if you can get aligned with that result, if you, well, it's actually getting aligned with you first, right? With with all of who you are, with the truth of who you are, because because the, the truth of who you are is attractive, right? Yet we, we, st- we tend to sort of create these facades about who we are in the world, you know, and a lot of it, for me, it certainly was built around my parents' expectation around who mm. I should be in the world as opposed to who I am in the world, right? And when you fully align with who you are, then attraction becomes a natural state of being. You know, abundance right. becomes a natural state of being and you can theoretically attract anything into your world as long as it's in alignment with who you truly are, right? So, for example... You know, I used to get a lot of people saying, oh, I've just watched the, you know, I've just watched The Secret, the movie The Secret, and oh, yes. more of attraction and all, all that sort of stuff. And, and, and for some people it worked and for a lot of people it didn't. You know, and I did a lot of work around, well, why is that? I mean, if this is the secret, if this is the, you know, the actual secret to attracting anything you want in your life, then theoretically it should work with everybody every right. time. But it doesn't. Right? And, and the reason it doesn't, and nothing against the movie or any of that, that sort of stuff, but the reason it doesn't is they, they left out a, you know, a crucial piece around alignment, you know, about, about really being in the center of who you truly are because then you will attract to a degree whatever you want as long as it's aligned with you. So, for example, if you say to yourself, well, I want a Ferrari, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not aligned with the truth of who you are, you can do as much of the secret as you like. You can put pictures up on the wall. You can dream about it. You can <laughs> do whatever manifestation technique you want, but it won't appear. Mm. Like it just won't appear, right? Unless it's truly aligned with the depth of who you are, right? And some people, for some people, a Ferrari is, right? But for most people, it's not. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. It's not how it works. Yeah, I remember I, I was trying to be, when I was, you know, learning about the online space and um, yeah. online marketing and, you know, coaching, yeah. and I was really good at counseling, so I had yeah. attracted my perfect partner, and I thought, well, gee, I, I wrote an ebook, <laughs> nice. and I thought, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be on stage, and I'm going to be this relationship guru, you know, yeah. and yeah. it was a competitive space, but I thought, you know, what I was doing oh. was very different than what other people yeah. were doing. But, you know, all these different opportunities I went for, it was like the universe is like, "Mm, that's not where I want you. No, that's not it. That's not it. And look where you are now. Yeah, and I was like so glad the universe said no. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, when when we feel into you and, you know, others outside of this feel into you, it just resonates so beautifully that that you can't help but not want to work with you. Do you know what I mean? Work with you because that – what you're ending up doing is sending out a, a resonance field that just just, just feels so true that, it, of course, you're going to attract and have abundance. Mm, yeah, that's so Can't cool. Can't not. Can't yeah. not. So, well, yeah. uh, before we get to some of the questions from the Level 2 folks, um, I wanted you to speak a little bit about um, just like this concept of, uh, you know, how – 
um, okay, let me give an example. Uh, yeah. One of my coaches way back when um, it was about my e one of my eBooks, and it was wasn't selling online. And of course, I still had a lot to learn about online marketing. Sure. And it was seventeen dollars, and he said, "Okay, well, increase the price to thirty nine. I said, "Excuse yeah. me." I said, yeah. excuse me, I just told you it wasn't selling. Why <laughs> do you want me to increase the price? And he goes, trust yeah. me on this, right? Yeah. He yeah. says, well, you can do a one-time offer for 29 but you yeah. know, increase it 39 because there's a yeah. higher perceived value. It's a great ebook. book Absolutely. You know? And exactly I said, oh, right. yeah. I didn't believe him. Perfect. Yeah. And, but he was absolutely right. I increased it 39 absolutely. and it started selling. So what is yeah, that absolutely. about? Like, what is that about? Like, he, you know, people ask, I mean, oh, I think healers are too expensive. You know, you should, yeah. you know, do it for free because, you know, you know, healing like the priesthood. You know, you, you should take a vow yeah. of poverty, all this kind of stuff. But yeah. then we get better results when we actually charge more. Like that is crazy. Like, what's that about? Absolutely. And again, it's an it's an alignment piece. You know, I know when I started going out and, and running workshops for practitioners way years ago when I very first started it. I think, I think my first. Um, sort of coaching program with wellness professionals I sold for like $495, right? Um, mm. and, and at the time, it felt like a lot of money, you know, and a lot of people said to me, you know, wellness professionals don't have any money, so therefore they won't be able to afford a coach like you, so you've got to have low, low price, right? And I went, right. oh, okay, I'll do what you think I should. So $495, right? And, um, and then, you know, things went, you know, okay, but nothing special. Um, until I met a mentor, when I started a mentor, my mentor said, You're, this is ridiculous, you need to put it up to $3,000, right? And I went, what? Three, from four ninety-five to $3,000, that's insanity. And, um, and he said, no, trust me, it'll work, right? <laughs> and so I did, I went out, I ran the next workshop, $3,000, and the fun part about it is I sold twice as many programs at $3,000 as I wow. did at four ninety-five. right? Wow. And there's a really interesting thing that happens around perceived value. Because if Prada or BMW or Rolls-Royce or any of these big brands mm. all of a sudden charged $500 for their $50,000 product, no one would, everyone would just run away and go, this is ridiculous. This makes no sense, right? Because, mm. because the perceived value is, is, is just out of alignment. So, so the value of a practitioner is huge, right? And, and there are really two things that go on here, Karen. One is the, the energetic exchange, which I can talk about in a minute. But just in answering to your question is that the, the, we, we value things, unfortunately, on this planet at the moment by money, right? Uh, so if, something, okay. if something is low money, then it must be low quality. That's just a, a subconscious patterning we are in, right? Because right now, an interesting thing happened with BMW, which is often a story I tell with this. You know, once upon a time, BMW cars were all built in Germany. Yep. And the Germans are amazing at um, engineering and building things precisely and perfectly, right? Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, um, the world market opened up and BMW took all their manufacturing to countries like Mexico and Thailand and um, Korea and places like that. But the interesting thing is they got their cars built at half the price as it cost in Germany, but they didn't change the actual sale price of the car. <laughs> and, the, and the reason they didn't do that is because if they did, then the perceived value of the car automatically drops, right? And so if a BMW is the same price as a Subaru or something, then you value it at the same as a Subaru, even if the cost to build is different. And I think the same happens with, with us as practitioners. If you have a low price point, 
then people are going to believe that either you're not very good at what you do, right, or the quality is not very good, and they're going to put you in a bucket of, of really a, a Subaru rather than hmm. a Mercedes-Benz or a BMW, right? Um, and it doesn't necessarily reflect the actual quality of the work that you do. Um, so there's this real alignment piece around value perception that happens in the marketplace. Um, and, um, and, and especially, you know, now as things are moving in the wellness industry where people are really looking for experts, you know, they, they used to look for modality. They used to look for the modality, oh, I want to buy a naturopath or a Chinese medicine doctor or an acupuncturist or whatever. Now they're actually looking for um, a solution through the expert or the, you know, the person who knows all about the problem that they have. And in that, they are looking for high value. Hmm. Therefore, they are looking to pay money for it, right? And I think if you're charging, you know, and again, I think what happens is, you know, like you said, Karen, is the minute you're not attracting lots of clients, the first thought is, oh, it must be about money, right? Then you start attracting clients that tell you that, that, that prove that that's true. Right? Ah, okay, remember, okay, okay. Right? <laughs> everything that comes to you is a reflection of what's going on in you, right? Proves our own belief. That's exactly right. So if you go, oh, my God, I'm too expensive, then the next five clients will turn up will tell you that. They will reflect that, oh, my God, do you have a discount? You know, I'm a student or I'm sick or blah, blah, blah. You know, they'll make up some story to actually prove that you're correct. Wow. Right? Then, then you just keep discounting and discounting and discounting, and, and you'll never get to the end of that. When really it's about, it's really about aligning with your true value. Right? Mm. What is the true value in here? And there has to be an energetic match of energy and money. Right? Because the way the world works at the moment, rightly or wrongly, is that I will give of my time and energy to you, Karen, and what you will do in return is give me money. <laughs> now, right. all right. we're doing is an exchange of energy. Right? My energy right. comes in the form of thoughts and systems and processes and conversations that we have. Right? And, and your energy is the financial energy. Right? It's a dollar or $10 or whatever amount it is. That's the energy exchange. Now, if there isn't a balance in that, and if you're not selling your true worth, right, and it's not aligned with your true value, then what ends up happening is you get an alignment mismatch and then you start to get fatigued, tired, frustrated, resentful, worn out. Do you know what I mean? Like all of these mm -hmm. negative things happen because of the energy mismatch. Wow, that's so true. Oh, but I had somebody last week uh, at the uh, Light Warrior uh, training camp at Omega that I did who uh, is uh, not, not one of my healer students in level two, um, but um, she has her own healing practice, and she, okay. uh, let me say this nicely, made the mistake, <laughs> I guess, because um, yeah. I've done it. Um, yeah. Where you know somebody's asking all? for help in our in yeah. in my group in my group yeah. and asking for help and support and you know and I've learned to uh, not do a bunch of free readings because then no. a thousand people want a free readings and then nothing gets else yeah. gets done in my life so no. you know I give some coaching and things like that tips yeah. like that but well she yeah. went and did a huge free reading. What I did not know, and she only told me like literally like a few days ago, that a couple of these people contacted her from um, private message and kept bugging yeah. her and bugging her. Well, what yeah. do I do now? And what do I do about yeah. this cat? And, the, yeah. you know, and, then, and then this took what she said and said, you said Absolutely. my cat would die and my cat died yeah. and oh you know, blamed God. her. And she was oh like, dear. oh my gosh. And I said, first yeah. of all, did you charge for this? And she's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I said, okay, I got to tell you, this is your issue. 
Absolutely. Without <laughs> a doubt. I think that I think that's so But I've true. been there. Yeah, haven't we all? I mean, yeah. I've done it too. I think we've all done it, you know. Um, and, and I think it does get you into trouble, right? And potentially she sort of got herself into trouble because the universe was tapping her on the shoulder going, yeah. this is not right. Therefore, right. we're going to bring your attention to how not right this is, right? Now, it mm. appeared in someone being angry that you said my cat wouldn't die and the cat died, right? That's how it appeared. But the reality of it was the universe giving a pretty clear indication that this is not the way that we want you to do what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, well, the, some of these messages are not like the funnest things to... Oh, they're not. Say. No. <laughs> they're not. I mean, the universe is beautiful, but she can be pretty uh, definite about things. Do you know what I mean? She can, she can oh, give yeah. pretty hard lessons. And, and, and there are often lots of indicators before that happens. And when you're not listening, like chronic fatigue for me, I mean, if I look back, there were lots of signs and there were lots of conversations in my head about, I don't like this job. I don't want to be in the corporate world. I don't want to do this. But, but I couldn't escape, right? I couldn't escape or work out or, or even, you know, just like connect with how do I get out of this? And, and if I do get out of it, what, the, what do I do now? Like, what does it lead to? And so I had to get chronic fatigue syndrome which allowed me to stop for two years and, and allow presence enough that the next thing appeared. Um, and too often, you know, we just wait till that last ditch thing. Oh, yes. Kick us in the backside. Get us <laughs> I call it the angelic two by four. Nice. That's and I had I like one of those because yeah, I had, you know, chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, but I was just go, yeah. go, 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 go. Uh, you know, you know the angels are like, ah. Uh, uh, the last Hello. 10 messages didn't get through, <laughs> no. so bring on the two-by-four. You know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. I'm, yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's yeah, great. feel free to use it, the angelic two-by-four. <laughs> they lovingly whacked me on the head with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stop, that Karen, just stop. Yeah. That happens so often. And so it I does. think you've got to have an energetic alignment of what you charge. You also have to meet this sort of perception reality that is out in the world, which is the more money something costs, the better it must be, right? Mm. That, that's just a collective. It just is what it is. I guess. It is what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, that's how it is. So, so we have to meet that, and then we have to meet. You know, when we do that, we meet the people that are very serious about working with you and getting results, because that's the other thing. You know, the people who are caught in, I, I can't afford it. I can't afford. It. I don't want to pay a lot of money you know, are not actually valuing themselves. And therefore, when they do actually get help at that cheap level, they tend not to do the work. Cause they're not That's what I found. I hate right. to admit and it, but it's true. I hate to admit it too. And therefore, what ends up happening is they don't get the results that they could get or they should get. Then they turn around and blame you. Well, you didn't do what you're meant to do or you promised me I would get results. And You're supposed to fix me. That's right. Whereas I find the people who pay the most amount of money are the easiest to work with, are the ones who do the work, and are the ones who get the results. And, and it's kind of, it's a weird experience, Karen, because I found when I charged low money, because I like everyone, I started off at, you know, charging sessional really cheap. Oh, my God, I'm embarrassed. Um, and, and I found it was hard work. I had to do all the heavy lifting. I had to push and push and push. And the fun thing is the more I've charged, the less work I have to do. Now, I know that sounds weird and strange, but it's almost like the person does the heavy lifting because they actually do the work, right? right? So rather than me having to push and shove and go, come on, Karen, you can Cajole do this. and convince. That, that's exactly right. I actually do a lot less work, which allows me to do more of my magic, which is uh -huh. where the value really is, right? While I'm pushing and shoving and forcing and trying to make something happen, 
I'm not actually doing that subtle, beautiful magic that I'm here to do. And therefore, they're not getting the best of me. Right? Whereas people who pay the most amount of money actually get the best of you because they take on their responsibility and do the work. You're allowed to do more of your magic. They take more of your magic on. And, and this beautiful symbiotic relationship appears where they absolutely get better results faster. It's just amazing what happens. And we enjoy what we do more because oh, we're working absolutely. with people that appreciate us. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it's so empowering. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, you know, I hear a lot of practitioners then say to me, oh, but Marcus, there's a whole lot of people who really need me and they can't afford me. And oh, Yep. I, right? And I go, absolutely there are. And I, and I say to these people, I say, that's great. I say, go out and get your A-grade clients. Get the clients who really value you, who want to pay good money for your services, who are going to do the work and get the results. And then maybe have a 10% fund where you use that money to either give free sessions to people who can't afford it, right? or go build a well, or go help people in another country. Whatever you want to do, give some time away for free, but not at the sacrifice of, of like, you can't help someone who's struggling if you're struggling, right? Yeah. You can't help someone to thrive if you're just surviving. So what you've got to do is thrive first, then go out and, and give some of your time away for free. Either give your money away for free and, and, and you know, be philanthropic or give your time away for free and help some of the people who can't afford to pay the big price but just know that some of them probably won't do the work and <laughs> it may get you into more trouble than good. But that's how you do it. Don't do it the other way around, which I find a lot of practitioners do. Oh, absolutely, because I just am naturally generous. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I just love give, 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 give. <laughs> and, and, and it's hard for me to actually rein that in yeah. uh, in a way. But now I realize, yeah. hey, wait a second, if I'm doing yeah. better, then, yeah. you know, then I can actually give money, you know, away. Absolutely. Um, you can. And, and, yeah, it's, and it's actually great. Money or time. Totally. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and actually the universe did give me a test. The test was yeah. an actual MD practitioner who emailed me out of the blue. She actually isn't a student or a customer or anything. But right. she, you know, somehow find, found me, found my pricing, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. she says, how could you do this? How could you charge <laughs> this much? What about these other wow. people that can't yeah. afford blah, 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 you know? And, yeah. and I had to say, and I had to take a breath, you know, yeah. but then I had to basically say, well, what I found was is that yeah. when I'm doing this, that I... I am, you know, I feel like I'm taking care of myself and Absolutely. these people are getting results. And now yeah. I actually have the extra money that I can do all these yeah. other things for free and give exactly. this and this and this away for free. And she goes, oh, exactly. okay. So it was like this, this light bulb, yeah. I think, was Awakened like, huh. moment. Right. Yeah. So I thought, yeah. okay, thank you, universe, for the test, and I passed it. So there. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, you know, I think, yeah, which is brilliant. Well done, which is really great. And I think if someone... You know, if someone wants something bad enough, they will find the money, they'll find the time, they'll find whatever resources they need to get it done. And what I find sometimes is with people who don't want to pay money for services, for health, you know, the energy they're putting out is that I really don't, and this is maybe why people who pay higher money gets better results than those who pay lower, is because of this commitment level. You know, often, Sometimes, yeah. not always. There are, look, there are people who are in dire financial straits. I totally get that. But on the whole, my experience is that those that are, are skimping and don't want to spend a lot of money don't often get the results because it's like they're not respecting that they that you know they're not respecting the work. They're not honouring it by going. You know what? I value my health so much that I will pay any amount of money to get fixed. 
right? And if Karen Can is the master at fixing my problem, I don't care what she charges, to tell you the truth. I'm just gonna work out how to pay it and get the job done. And, and the people who have that attitude, right, are the ones that get the best results, right? So, so when we talk about people, you know, selling at a higher end, we're not often talking about people who have an abundance of money. Like we're not often not talking about they no. roll up in a Mercedes Benz and they mm -hmm. have a private jet. Often these people are just like anybody else. They're struggling to make their mortgage and they're paying school fees and they're paying whatever. You know, life is expensive, right? Um, but, but they value their health and therefore they prioritize their money to their health and therefore they get better results. <laughs> mm. And a lot yep, of the kinds of that. Right, which is again an energetic, you know, alignment piece, mm -hmm. um, and that's why they get results. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I'd like to go to some of the phones now and okay. see whether some of the level two folks have some questions. I'm going to unmute. I believe this is Amber first. Hey, Amber. Hi. Hi. So great, you're on the call. Hey. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting us, and thank you for this wonderful training. I'm getting so much from it already. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, Amber's one of our superstars. <laughs> yeah. We're right. all superstars. We're all superstars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, do you have a do you have a comment or question or a situation you want have, some uh, expert help? Yeah, I have two questions. Um my first is uh you talk about energetically matching the amount of money we want to charge. How do we do that? <laughs> yeah, good, good point. Question. So yeah, yeah, it's a great question. So energetically matching, I, I think, you know, it, initially it comes down to really aligning with the truth of who you are and honoring the value of who you are, right? And, and knowing, just, just really honoring, you know, how valuable your services are and how valuable your magic is in the world. And so the first step is you've got to really connect with that. Um, that will then give you a feeling of value, right? It won't necessarily give you a dollar value from a marketing point of view, right, from a practical point of view, but it will get you to feel into and really honor the value that you have to offer the world. Then I think, you know, you, you then start to feel into the, the, the value of that as, as a payment per se, as a, okay, what is that then really worth? And And there's a bit of a, there's a little bit of a sort of a, a, a strategic equation that we sort of play with to, to make this happen because there are two aspects to this. One is the alignment of what am I worth, or what is my true worth. There's also then the practical reality of what will the market bear, right? And, and again, this is going to be determined a bit around how niched you are, how, how focused you are on the problem, what your magic is to fix that problem, and to some degree, you know, what is the market bearing at the moment to some degree? Now, it's more about the alignment piece and what feels right to you. So feeling into a price point is, is the most important thing. And then you can go to the sort of more um, outer world and, and look from a strategic point of view as to what the market will bear. But it always starts at the inner. So, so sort of just feeling into who you are and, and really understanding your value. Now, if you're not clear on your niche and your target market, if you're not clear on your magic, that then becomes more difficult, right? Because it's very hard to then assess, well, what is my value? Like, how much, how much am I really worth? <laughs> but I think when you, when you do this right, when you really align with, um, with your magic, you will feel an abundance of worth. You know, you'll feel, start to tap into, wow, 
you know, this is critically important what I'm doing and, and this has huge value out in the marketplace. Um, mm-hmm. and, so, and so once you've connected with the energy of that, then you can start to connect with the practicality of that, right? Now, there's a couple of ways to do the practical side of it. One is that um, you can sort of research and look at what other people are charging and then charge 25% more than anyone else. <laughs> That's one rule of thumb. <laughs> a minimum 25% more, right? Because again, you're wanting to be seen as the expert, right? And the go-to person, right. whatever focus you have, right? And so again, we value that the best people charge the most amount of money, right? The best cars are the most expensive, the best shoes, the best handbags, the best, right? They're the most expensive. And you want to be seen as that. So therefore, you charge more than anybody else in your marketplace is, the, is sort of the, the goal. And, and when you look at these two sides, right, the inner game and the outer game, when you look at these two, a number will drop in, right? A number will drop in on your lap and you'll go, that's what I'm worth or that's what this is worth. It's not you, obviously. It's your thing that you're doing. That's what I'm worth. If you're in the early phases of doing this, I then tend to say, okay, drop into that number and then add 10 to 20%. Because generally what we tend to do is discount ourselves, certainly when we're starting, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we just go, oh, but I'm a little bit scared and, oh, I don't know. And, you know, you don't want to get into the trap of sort of what you would pay necessarily, right? Even though the first sale is often to yourself, you don't want to sort of get caught in that trap. Um, and that's why I say when you come up with a number, add 10 or 20% to it, and that'll be the right number. Should we feel stretched, Marcus, a little bit, like slightly yeah, out of definitely. our comfort zone? You should feel slightly out of your comfort zone, but not to the point where you don't believe in it. Ah. <laughs> right? You've still got to believe in it, but it does have to have a little bit of, oh, that's just a little bit out of my comfort zone, just a little bit, you know. Um, so not too much, but it shouldn't feel comfortable. If it feels comfortable, uh. it's too low. Well, Marcus, for example, uh, just for Amber's sake, you know, for example, if, if um, you know, someone had, uh, is, is dealing with, like, negative spirits or something in their house or a ghost in their house yeah. or something like that, and that can yeah. be extremely stressful, oh. um, you know, that the, the, the price of the house can go down, they can't sell it, I mean, people can get literally physically sick, I mean, there's all these yeah. things, and yeah. so there's a huge value to that if you clear someone's house and now everyone can sleep and the child doesn't have nightmares and they're going to cool and they're happy I mean how how, I mean it's hard even to put a price on that just because we can do it maybe in 10 minutes you know doesn't make it less valuable no the key here is to stop selling time at any level let go of selling time and too many practitioners are caught in the hourly rate right which is if I only have to spend 10 minutes with people then it's really only worth ten dollars regardless of what the outcome is right and so it's actually got yeah. nothing to do with that. What you have to do is sell value, right? And, and I played an interesting game in my practice where I used to have to do 90-minute sessions, right? And I played this game with how, how fast a session could I have but actually still give the same value, right? So I played this game. It took me six months to play the game, but eventually I got my session to 15 minutes. Wow. <laughs> and, and I actually offered more value and my clients loved it more. And, and I started saying to them, look, if I can get you the same value that I get you or the same results I get you in 90 minutes and we did it in 15 minutes, would you like that? And of course, everyone went, hell yeah. I mean, if I can get the same result in 15 minutes, why would I hang around for 90 minutes? And, and so then I, I really learned a lesson with that uh, uh, and it, that it was about value. 
that if I could get the same value in whatever amount of time, regardless of the time, would you be interested? And everyone goes, of course I'd be interested because that's actually why I'm here. I'm not really here for time. I'm here for value. So when you go and clear mm-hmm. a house, like you're saying, Karen, <clears throat> if it takes 10 minutes or 50 minutes, right, it's got nothing to do with the time and everything to do with the value, which is the result that you're promising in a way, the result you're getting for people. Mm, beautiful. So I'm not sure that answers the question of how much do you charge. I think, it, I think you've got to sit there and feel into it, feel into the value of what you're doing, what you're offering. And then if you're in a clinic environment, and I know if you're working with Karen and doing the amazing Karen work, you, you're probably not necessarily just doing that. You're out and about doing all sorts of amazing things. But, but you can also have a look at what are others charging and then increase it based on that and be the most expensive in your area. <laughs> Um, and there'll be a combination of two, and, and at, the, at the end of the day, it'll be a feeling, and it'll, you know, it'll feel slightly uncomfortably right. <laughs> I like no, that's that. slightly that's uncomfortably right. Yeah. 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 You had another yeah. question? Yes, I have one more question. It has to do with oh. healers exchanging their services with other either healers or, yes. you know, practitioners Ooh, of some yes. sort, and yes. the value in that, is there value in yes. that, is there, am I undervaluing myself, <laughs> like, you know, oh, how do you feel? Like a can of worms. Oh, this is great. I love this question. I was just <laughs> asked it the other day. Yesterday, I think I had a discussion with someone exactly on this topic, <clears throat> and it comes down to this contra-deal type of idea or swapping sort of, you know, each other's services. And, um, you know, I've been in this industry 25 years or something crazy now, and I have never, ever seen this work, right, where one practitioner says to another, hey, Karen, why don't, why don't you give me some acupuncture and I'll give you some kinesiology and let's work together for, you know, the next couple of months to help each other, right? And on the surface, it sounds like a great idea, right? Wow, I'm going to get some acupuncture from the amazing Karen and Karen's going to get some kinesiology from the amazing Marcus and we both pretty much charge the same anyway, so it's a lovely swap, right? But what ends up happening is that either Karen gives me lots of sessions and because of time or something happens and I don't get around to giving her sessions and then what happens is Karen goes, well, hang on a minute, I just gave Marcus 10 sessions and I only got three back. Now we've got an energetic misalignment, right? Um, and it starts to go, just doesn't, never ever works. So the way I've done it in the past is I've gone, and we'll just imagine it's you and I, Karen, again. I've just gone, okay, Karen, I'd love some acupuncture. How much do you charge? And Karen says, I charge $200. And I go, great, that's what I'm going to pay. And Karen says, well, I'd love to come and see you too. What do you charge? And I go, $200. And Karen goes, great. So when I come to see Karen, I give her $200. Right? When Karen comes to see me, she gives me $200. Now, it could be the same $200 back. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right? But there is actually the physical energetic exchange that has to happen. Right? So, so not only do we have an issue of, oh, but what happens if I give more to Karen or Karen gives more to me, which always happens. But we've also got the energetic misalignment where there really isn't a swap at the time of the energy swap. Right? So if I give you an hour, Karen, and then I'm waiting two weeks for you to give me an hour, we have an energetic misalignment there because oh. you haven't honoured my time, Karen, because you haven't actually given me your time back yet. So now we're waiting two weeks before you honour the and close the loop around the energetic exchange. Right Now, what happens in that two weeks is that to a slight degree, I start to feel a bit hard done by and a little bit resentful because, and this is often at subconscious, right? So, so let's imagine that... Um, 
let's imagine that exchange like this is two buckets of water, right? So what happens is Karen comes along and takes a cup of water out of my bucket, right? I've given her an hour of my time. She takes a cup of water out of my bucket. Now, she doesn't exchange that with money, which is putting a cup back in, which means there's no energetic shift, right? <laughs> I gave her an hour. She gave me 200 bucks. What ends up happening is she walks away with some of my energy. Hmm. Now, she might put it in her bucket or she might throw it away. It doesn't matter. It'll, it's just not in my bucket anymore. Right? Now, I'm waiting two weeks for me to go and see Karen where I can scoop right, a, a cup of water out of her bucket and put it in my <laughs> bucket. Now we're even. Right? But I'm waiting two weeks. So I've lost a cup of energy in that two weeks. <laughs> wow. Right? I never Whereas thought of it that way. Yeah, whereas if you, Karen, come to me and go, I w I'd like an hour of your time and I'm going to give you $200, right? In, in essence, I give you a, a cup of my energy and you give me a cup of your money, we're even, right? Everything's even. And then when wow. I come to see you, I do the same. Everything's even, right? And we're not losing energy because energy is like a bucket of water, right? Every day we're scooping out or people are scooping out and we're either getting back in or we're not. Um, and I think chronic fatigue for me was I just kept scooping water out of my bucket <laughs> and I never replenished it because I didn't honor mm. who I was. Right? Well, and I think end, sometimes, yeah. Marcus, that, um, you know, that unlike an agreement with a, a client, the commitment yeah. level Absolutely. isn't the same for transformation. So it might be that's, a quick fix, right. but yeah. not long-term transformation. <clears throat> that's the other issue, right? Then you've got that, like you say, that practical issue of just not honoring the the work. And again, that's, yeah, the same energetic thing. You're just not honoring the work. So, so mm -hmm. don't do it or do it, but honor it by paying for the service as you deliver the service like you would with any other client um, and just just charge the same for each, right? Even if one charges a little bit more, a little bit less, just just agree that, okay, we're, you know, let's do it for each other for $100 each time or $200 each time and you pay me when you come, I pay you when I come and we're all good. Interesting. Wow. Thank cool. you. Is that helpful, Amber? Very. Excellent. Great. Great. Exciting. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we're going to go to Kathy next. So I'm just going to mute you, Amber, and unmute Kathy. Hey, Kathy. Oh, is your audio on? Because we can't hear you. Uh, nope. Okay, you just muted yourself and then unmuted yourself. So you should probably, we should probably be able to hear you, but we're not. Uh, did you want to call in maybe at the 720-820-1632? And uh, while you're doing that, I can ask Marcus another question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see, I have, I have a whole bunch of questions here. I think we covered quite a bit of it, actually. Mm. Um, so let's see. Do do do. Um, so you know, can you go over a little bit about the the mindset shift that has to happen so that we can be prosperous as a healer? Because I feel like the healing community is very resistant sometimes. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, to, yeah. to this whole money exchange thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think. There is, a, there is a lot of that, unfortunately, where there is that resistance around money. And I think, you know, so often that comes down to, you know, really to the, the belief system. And, uh, and I find that we put up these fences of limited belief, 
we so often fence ourselves in with belief patterns that we've been told or taught or I'm not sure, you know, who knows where they often come from, but they get embedded in our mind and then we get very stubborn around it. You know, we hang on to belief systems like, you know, our life depends on it sometimes. Hmm. Um, and people get very opinionated about charging or not charging, certainly in the, the wellness industry. And again, I come back to this whole reality of abundance, the truth of the truth of abundance on, on this planet and, and in this universe. And, and any belief that goes against that must go against the true nature of who we are. Like we are designed for abundance. It's as right. simple as that. And yet we keep putting up these fences of belief, these limited fences of belief to get in the road of the flow of abundance, of allowing abundance actually to turn up in our lives. And, and where they come from is, you know, is, is multifaceted. You know, it comes from parents, it comes from teachers. You know, one of the hardest things in a lot of the sort of natural therapy schools and definitely very different to what you teach and how you work, Karen, but, but a lot of them are, are run by practitioners that either have one belief around um, how to practice or those that aren't very successful yeah and no offense to anyone who teaches in a in a in a college but i got to tell you a lot of them are not overly successful practitioners so they then embed beliefs onto the students and i can't tell you how many times students have come up to me and said oh my lecturer today told me i'm not going to make any money out of this business and i should just just be okay with that and i'm like oh my god that's just so not true like it's so not true it's ridiculous so so I think one of the ways to sort of help get around this is that you've got to you've got to put yourself into a position of possibility or a state of possibility. And I, I sometimes talk about the power of possibility, and that is that there is an infinite field of possibility that is laid out in front of you. And at any given moment, there is a there are infinite threads of sort of possibility that appear in your life. And, and often your belief system will determine which thread you choose, right? Um, and and mm. that will keep you stuck in, you know, stuck in poverty or stuck in whatever situation you're in. And we have to move past that. So, so embracing a state of possibility helps. Now, there's a couple of ways to break free from a belief. One way is to see proof that that belief is no longer true, right? So looking at a mentor, looking at other people in your industry who are doing something you want to do and who are breaking the mold by going, wow, no one thought that you could charge $300 for an acupuncture session, yet <laughs> I know someone who does, right? So it's not true. So my belief now can start to, to break and, mm. and start to expand. And my limited fence, I like to think of a fence, can push itself out another you know five kilometers or five miles because I can now see what's what you know what is possible right so that's this field of possibility um, if you're the type of person that needs to break a possibility without proof that other people are and in history we've seen a lot of this you know the breaking of the four-minute mile for example right a classic, I love that right? example uh, yeah, so do I, because doctors and scientists had proven, right, proven right. that the body could not run fast enough to beat a four-minute mile, right? And so, and so the amount of sort of um, shift that needed to happen in the brain of those two who did it very at the start um, 
was, was absolutely incredible, right? And again, it, it's tapping into that deeper part of who you are and accessing the field of possibility, right? Hmm. Now, I often ask, there's one key question that I get people to ask to help break this. And that is that as your brain is sort of going into your belief system and starting to limit you, and it'll often do that by going, yeah, but I can't or but, right? It'll, it'll often it'll say but. but or if, right? Oh, but if only I had this, if only my parents gave me a better opportunity, if only I grew up in the right city and went to the right school, right? So there's ifs or buts. Um, and, and so the best way to get around ifs and buts is to actually activate your brain to step into the field of possibility by asking the question, yeah, but what if it were possible, right? Now you can finish the sentence, like what if it were possible to make a million dollars a year out of doing my passion? Mm, that's an interesting question. What if it were possible to do whatever it is you're trying, what if it were possible to charge five times more than anybody else in my industry? What if it were possible? And the minute you do that, you actually start to enter the field of possibility, right? And the brain has to start to resolve the question, right? Because that's what it's designed to do, mm. right? So if you give the brain the right question to answer, it'll give you the right response or, the, or it'll help you to mani- sort of manifest the right outcome. Wow. So, so starting with, so what if it were possible, will start to have you access the power of possibility which will start to have you access and start to see the infinite field of possibilities that appear in front of you at any given moment, right? And, and, and not limit you by the past perceived reality that you've existed in, right? Because in every moment, so when we first started this interview, that moment's now gone and it's never coming back, right? Theoretically, at this point in time, it's gone, right? And, and how I was at the start of this call is different to how I am now at this stage of the call. Right? And, and the opportunities or the possibilities that have opened up now compared to back then are, are different. <laughs> so, so belief systems hang back in that past. Oh, well, when I started the interview, I was this type of person. So, so that must mean I'm still this type of person now that we're an hour into the interview. <laughs> and it's not true. <laughs> not true, so, right. Not. I mean, the folks on the call already, you know, they're listening exactly. in, have already started making shifts. That's right. So if you get off this call now and enter but or if, what you're calling back is the, is the pre-interview the you. That's ah. right. Right? So the minute you go but, you're going, but I'm still that other person, so therefore this isn't possible because it wasn't possible at the start of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. If or Whereas but. So if we possible. catch ourselves doing that, then yeah. we go, uh-oh, we're in the past. That's right. So then we mm-hmm. go, but what if it was possible? We go, what if it was possible? So if you get caught in a but, keep the but, and go, but what if it were possible? Because yeah. the normal buts are, but it's not possible. That's what happens. That's what it says. But, but I can't do that because, but I can't, but I can't. So if you grab the but and then insert, but what if it were possible, the brain has to stop. And it actually throws the brain into conundrum, right? Because the brain goes, hang on a minute, what do you mean, what if it were possible? I've just told you I can't charge that amount of money because of belief, belief, belief. And now you, so it, it was almost like a circuit breaker. Yeah, but what if it were possible, brain? What if it were possible to make $10,000 today, right? Like, like in the next three hours, what if that were possible? And the fun part is, it's absolutely possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely possible. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's great. Well, we have Kathy, yeah. I think, here on the line. Let me unmute great. her. She's impatiently waiting here. Hey, girl. Hey, thank you, Karen and Marcus. 
Pleasure. Uh, Mark, Welcome. Mark, my, main, my main question here is uh, how, did, how did you find your magic and how do you propose or recommend others to find mm. their magic? Yeah. Good question. I know I that's like that. in our next module, but uh, okay. I want to The wellness client blitz, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and there'll be lots of, you know, really cool techniques and stuff. And, and I know Karen's got insights around this as well. And so for me, for me, my magic, and I think this is what, this has got to be one of the most difficult things that I see is, is helping people to find their magic and connect with, you know, which then leads on to the niche and target markets and all those other practical things. But I see people going round and round in circles with this. And, and I've done the same. I've gone round and round in circles with this. Because the magic is a very subtle thing. You know, it's not often hugely obvious. And, and often, because it seems subtle, um, it's, it's the thing that we do the best and, and the, the thing that we just do naturally, right? So our magic is something we do naturally without even thinking about it. And therefore, when we do have to think about it, we often see it but miss it because we think, oh, but that's nothing. I just do that anyway. Um, this is nothing, right? When really to other people, it could be the most amazing insight they've ever seen, the most incredible magic they've ever seen. But because you automatically do it, you just sort of pass by it and go, well, uh, that's not my magic. Like, you know, it's got to be more than that, surely. Surely, mm. <laughs> but often it's not. And, and so a couple of ways to, to find your magic. The first one is to ask the question, so what am I really doing when I'm doing what I'm doing? And I'll go slow on that because it's a bit of a <laughs> tongue twister. It's what am I doing, like what am I really doing while I'm doing what I'm doing, right? So again, if you are a practitioner of Chinese medicine or kinesiology or acupuncture or naturopath or whatever, you know, the thing you're doing is the needles in acupuncture, but what are you really doing? Like what's really going on behind the scenes? What's really happening? Um, and tapping into that can be one of the ways to find your magic. And then you can start to frame your magic up into sort of a, a more coherent state um, and give it a title and a name and a model and a sort of frame it up. But initially you're wanting to tap into this thing that you do all the time anyway. Like, like my magic something I've been doing ever since I was young. Like it's, it's something I can't help but do. Um, it's always been with me. It, it's sort of, you know, like it's something I came into this world with and it's something I'm going to leave this world with, right, in a way. Um, and, and, and for me, it's around this alignment sort of piece, you know, um, and, and helping, you know, I can tell if someone's out of alignment from 150 yards away and I've always been able to do it. And, and for me, it, it creates all sorts of frustration because I get incredibly upset when people aren't being who they really are. Right? I get upset for them, but I also get upset for me because they present in a way that's not true, right? which mm. then leads them to do activities and actions, take actions that aren't, you know, aren't real, <clears throat> aren't true, and then often hurt people, either hurt themselves because they're pushing, you know, they're like banging their head against a brick wall, or they end up hurting other people because of their, the actions they're taking, and it's not who they really are. And so, and, and I grew up in a school, I was placed in a school where people weren't who they are, with parents who weren't who they are, with like, wow, just, I, I was exposed to this all the time. So if I look at my life journey, I can see how it was helping me to embed this, to really mm. anchor this, to understand it, to learn how to do it, to learn how to help others do it. Um, and my whole life has been that journey. So generally, when you find your sort of, your magic, you're going to sort of connect with this thing, this, this past, this, 
there's a thread that runs through your life. And we often talk about it as the guru word. We used to talk about it. Now we talk a bit more around sort of the magic because um, we tend to then take that and, and frame up the magic around it. And so there's magic internally, which is sort of a guru word, the thing that you really do. And then there's sort of external magic that you can actually explain to someone and show them how you do it so that it makes sense to them and you can actually sell it. <laughs> um, so, so initially it's about really sitting in and going, what have I been doing all my life? You know, which is the answer to the question, what, do I, what am I doing when I'm doing what I'm doing? Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and often your magic, this golden thread, your guru, is something that you do all the time. You can't help but do it. You know, I, I, when I got resentful, when I sold my clinic and I'd gone into that resentful space because I was working stupidly hard and making not a lot of money, helping lots of people but not really not getting anything back, um, I went back into the corporate world for a very short period of time. And when I went back into that corporate world, I said, you know what, I am not going to help anyone anymore. I'm not going to counsel anyone. I'm not going to coach anyone. I'm done with helping people. Done. Not doing really? anything. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't talk about it a lot, but in this example, I think it's helpful because I just pushed it all away and said, no, I'm not doing any of that. I'm just going to do my corporate job. I'm going to save my money. I'm going to retire and have a good life, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just nuts, right? Anyway, two weeks after I got into this corporate job, I had a beautiful young lady come into my room. We were talking about work and in my just normal way of just asking questions, you know, two minutes, like five minutes later, she's in tears. Um, I help her connect with what she's, who she truly was. A month later, she sends me a postcard from the other side of the world going, oh my God, I'm traveling the world and I've just found this and I'm just doing this, right? And, and after the sixth person that this happened to, and not all of them left and went, you know, traveling the world or did their vocation, but I realized I can't help myself. <laughs> I just can't help but do this stuff. And that's when I sort of really connected to my magic a bit more. I went, well, this is ridiculous. I may as well set up a process of actually doing it and get back out in the world and, you know, help people because I can't help but do this. Mm. And so your magic will be similar. You know, it'll be just stuff you can't help but do that just happens. And it could be around communication. It could be around empathy. It could be around a, a whole lot of things, right? And then we build a business off the back of that. You know, we build a framework off the back of that. And, um, and that's, when, that's when true power, true manifestation abundance will, will come. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. How was that, Kathy? Oh, <clears throat> oh that was perfect. But uh, yeah. you know, one of the things that came to my mind is that my son would uh, 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 hang around these guys and, and, you know, then start kind of getting into some trouble with them or whatever. Yeah. And so I started telling him, I said, you told him that, He's not like these other guys, but he no. starts matching their energy. And, That's uh, right, and of so, like, it was, you know, two days later, he called me. He said, You're right. I start yeah. matching their energy, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, you know, so it's kind of like what you're saying. It's just, I do something that, you know, I'm just, that's just something I'm going to see through and see yeah. into. And, yeah. And, it, yeah. and it comes about as a compassionate, you know, manner as opposed to. Yeah. Be telling somebody what to do, you know. I, this is yeah. this is what I this is what I'm seeing, you know. And I think we try to, you know, I think mm, nice quite wrong, wrongly we we try to match energy, right? And this is where we go off out of alignment of our own energy, because there's some belief or something that if I'm just fully me, then I might not fit in, right? And and our right. survival our survival determines whether we fit in, right? Because we're pack animals to a degree. 
and, and certainly from a child's point of view, like your child, he's trying to match the energy to fit in because fitting in is survival. Right? Now, it's not survival like it used to be in ancient times where it was actual survival. Right? That, you know, it's much better having 10 people around you when a tiger's running at you <laughs> than being on your own. Right? But, but now we have a whole different survival called social media and you know, peer pressure and all that sort of stuff that, that fitting in is a survival instinct. Right? So matching someone else's energy is a survival instinct. Now, for your son, it's a really good skill that he has there. Right? So, so on one hand, you go, oh, but I don't want you to fit into other people's energy because you know, I want you to live your energy and, and then you do bad things because they're, you know, they're, they're doing not nice things. But on the other hand, it's actually not a bad skill to have as long as you stay true to your energy. Right? Because when you want to build uh-huh, rapport right. with someone really quickly, right? If you match their energy, they will like you straight away, right? Then you can pull them, then you can pull back into your own energy, right? Once you've done this sort of matching and then be yourself, but you've already built this rapport, right? So, so it's actually, you know, and for kids, sometimes it's not a bad skill because it is a survival skill out in the, out in the dangerous world. Well, it's not really dangerous, but, you know, what we perceive as dangerous world and school can be a dangerous place, right? <laughs> um, and the world after school can be a oh, dangerous yeah. place. And so learning to fit in is not a bad skill as long as you don't lose yourself in the process, right? As long as you're very clear right. about who you are and what your magic is, then you can absolutely match others' energy to build rapport, to get in with a group if that's what you want to do or need to do, um, as long as you stay true to, true to your energy. I think one of the skills I've had is to be able to do this really, really well, which allowed me to have lots and lots of friends in lots of different areas. You know, So I've made incredible connections in every area, and I can walk into a corporate boardroom and fit right in straight away, or I can walk into a, a room of... <laughs> You know, people like us, Karen, you know, total the woo-woo, woo-woo type. Total that, that's right. And totally fit in. And, and for a long time, I've gone, wow, I'm just, I can just be such a chameleon with this, right? And I thought it was a bad thing for a long while. And I've realized, no, it's actually a really great skill as long as I stay true to myself. Because, yes, I can get lost, right? I can match someone else's energy and then totally lose myself, or I used to do that. And then I learned I've got to stay aligned in the process. And as I do, I teach them how to treat me. But initially, I'm going to match them to start with so that they feel comfortable and safe around me, so they accept me. I then get in. I then become my true energy. And because they already like me, they love that true energy, which has then allowed me to talk more woo-woo with people in crazy areas that shouldn't be talking woo-woo. Um, like when I've gone into <laughs> the Australian New Zealand College of Anesthesiologists, or anesthetists as we call it here. And they are the furthest from woo-woo that you get. And I went in, I was, I was taken on tours for four years, five years, where I Amazing. taught them intuitive intelligence, I taught, them, I taught them meridians, and I taught them how to manage their energy through meridians, and, and it's just crazy wow. stuff, right? But that's because I matched them initially, and they really liked me, and they went, yeah, he's kind of cool. And then as I, as I matched with them, and I started to segue into this thing, they accepted it. And they probably mm-hmm. didn't even consciously know they were accepting it, or thought that it was woo-woo, but but all the managers and senior people who bought me in just used to laugh, right? Because they were a bit woo when they got me in after a while. And, and we used to laugh at a whole room full of these, these very practical doctors rubbing meridians. Do you know what I mean? And <laughs> doing all these, I mean, it was crazy stuff. So, so there's a skill in it as much as anything. Okay. Right. And Kathy, you're you're right. I mean, you you're right that yours very well could be, you know, seeing or perceiving yeah. what's going on very quickly, and then communicating yeah. it compassionately to somebody. 
Absolutely. Right. Well, one of the things that I was, uh, you know, I was pointing that out with him in a compassionate way instead of getting on to him about getting in trouble, you know. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's, uh, gone into plumbing now as an assistant, and he's going into these people's homes, and I am just wowed by him because, He's going into their home. He's making a connection. He sees, you know, mm. a palette knife painting on the wall, and he says, oh, my mother paints with a palette knife. And, you know, and then, you know, he'll just pick out something and talk to them about it. And uh, they're saying mm. uh, that it was a pleasure to meet him. And the guys that he's working with or for, they're saying, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I've never yep. had anybody say it, it, it was a pleasure to meet you. You know, wow. like you so the, so there's, plumbing fix. You know, yeah, and so, there's his action in so, magic. You know, connection um, could be his action, his magic. Wow. Okay. Right. Okay, so Great okay. example. So yeah. You want to okay. yeah help yeah. him help him to master that or help him to really understand that so he can do it more. You know, and live right. that. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, that's okay. Great. That's great. Cool. Do you have another question, Kathy? Um, I, I guess the main thing is, uh, the, well, he, he kind of answered it about the value, and you know, but uh, tell us a little bit about the three levels that Karen Karen has mentioned it a bit. You were saying that uh, I'll fill into the the worth of what we might want to charge, and then add twenty five percent. Karen had yeah. mentioned that you said to do like have three levels maybe yeah. you know something that you really want to attain and it would be okay yeah. if you attain oh the this. goals yeah yeah yeah, goals. yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So, so so you have a standard rate you have a stretch rate and then you have a don't tell anyone rate right a secret rate right standard stretch and secret right and and so so what you do is when you feel into your value you go okay and let's just pick an arbitrary number right my value is a hundred dollars right Let's call it that. Or let's call it, let's not do that. Let's expand our degree of possibility and call it $1,000, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so your stretch rate generally is, actually, I'm going to call it more. Let's call it 3000 because I want to help expand your brains and I don't want to limit anything here. But let's call it $3,000 is my standard rate. So for a program that I'm going to offer, I'm going to charge $3,000. That's what I want to achieve. Um, but what I'd really love to do is I'd love to, I'd love to expand that and really stretch that. So on certain occasions, you might use a stretch rate, and a stretch rate is generally three times your standard rate. Mm. So, so it's almost like ridiculous. <laughs> it's, almost, <laughs> it's to the point of this is stupid. Like, you know, $3,000 for my program is pretty cool, but, you know, three six nine nine thousand. 9000 for my program or 12,000 for my program. Oh my God, that would be just insane, right? So that's your stretch rate. <laughs> and then your don't tell anyone rate is generally 50% of your standard rate. Now, where I've mainly used this is in a corporate setting. When I go to quote a corporate job or a keynote, for example, if I was going to do a keynote talk, right? What I might say to someone is that I wouldn't talk about my standard rate. I wouldn't talk about my my, you know, my sort of don't tell anyone rate, my secret rate, I would just go from a stretch rate possibly right? and go, okay, so what I charge is $12,000 for a keynote. Then if they come back and go, oh, my God, that's way out of our budget, right, then I might go, well, look, okay, so, you know, what I tend to do is, you know, for people that I'm trying to build a relationship with, I charge $3,000 or whatever the price is. 
and um, and often that will get them to say yes. If it's a really big organisation and they're like, well, look, we really want to test you out and I don't know, I'm not sure. So if they're still dilly-dallying, then I'm like, okay, so what I'm willing to do, if you're willing to take me on for this one and there's an upside, right, so that, you know, there's an opportunity for me to get the contract at the price I want. I've got this rate, but I don't tell anyone this rate and I don't want you to tell anyone, right? So if I give you this rate and if someone rings you up and says, hey, Marcus is cool, how do we book him and what did he charge you? You don't tell them this rate because I don't give it to anyone. But because I want to build a relationship with you and I really want to get the, you know, the gig, I'm willing to do it for $1,500. So it's a rate rarely do you ever talk about. But if it's a really gig that you really, really want, um, it might lead to something really, really big. Or it's just a big kudos. Like the United Nations rings up and says, hey, we want to yeah. give you a platform, right? what do you charge? And you say, well, look, I charge 12000 I say, well, we really don't have a budget for that. And I go, well, look, because it's the United Nations, <laughs> I'm willing to do it for 1500 bucks or pay for my flights or whatever, and I'll do it. Right? That's your sort of secret secret rate. So, so how it works is standard rate is the price you're normally going to charge. Your stretch rate is three times that price, and your secret rate is 50% of that price. Mm, yeah, that's, that's interesting. The, Kathy, secret what do you think? Rate is 50, the secret rate is 50% more or 50%? Less. It's 50% less, of okay, your standard okay. rate. Right. Yeah. But, you know, just, just really be careful okay. about that, Kathy, about yeah. offering that in one-on-ones, right? We don't want oh, to yeah, do it on one-on-one. sessions. You don't do that no, on no, sessions. No, 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 no. That, that would only be for things like corporate or keynote and stuff like that. You know, I think sessionally you've got to go out at a price, and that's the price, Right. Um, unless you're running a pilot program, in which case we do discount for pilot program, which is the right. first time you've run it, right? Uh, and that's generally 50% of the actual program price. But in a one-to-one setting, you have a price and you hold to that price. So this sort of stretch rate come sort of doesn't really apply to one-to-one sort of coaching or, you know, in practice, okay. really. Okay. Does that make sense, Kathy? Yeah. It does make sense, uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Great. Did you have any other questions? Um, have you ever worked with anyone, Marcus, that had more uh, pre-recorded uh, uh, work sessions, or do you mostly work with people who are doing one-on-ones or either uh, no. speakers or selling books? No, or no, no. I mean, what we often do is is work with practitioners and help them to build a number of platforms right one could be a one-to-one platform where they sell programs set programs in a one-to-one scenario the other way the other thing we want them to do is have an automated program at some point which is fully recorded where they don't have to turn up they don't have to spend any more energy and they just sell that as a sort of lower end product and that just sells all by itself all the time Um, and then often we'll you know, we'll then get them to potentially have a high, high-end program, which is like the stretch rate program, um, and uh, and then obviously set up the funnels for delivering and getting these clients, which could be keynoting, writing a book, running workshops, sales workshops, um, networking, sponsors. There's a whole lot of other sort of funnels that we would then set up. Um, but really there are three types of things we're going to get them to do, right? A fully automated program, a group program, and a one-to-one high-end program. Okay. Yeah. Right. And and not everybody wants to 
be on a stage or, right. you know, write a right. book or, right. you know, that kind of thing. I mean, some people are like, hey, you know what, if I'm doing six figures, working three days a week, you know, and, Absolutely. and you know, I love the one-on-one, -on -one. great. I mean, we still need people right. to do that. Definitely. So it really Definitely. depends on what your goals are and what you love. Like me, yeah. I, I couldn't help myself. I just, no. you know, every time I thought I'm going to go small, I couldn't help myself. You know, I just I had know. to keep going big. It was like my personality. So I just like, okay, forget it. Just don't fight it, Karen. Just go with it. Just go with it. Exactly. <laughs> You're here for something big and beautiful, right? So you have to honor that. Mm -hmm. I think the key, Karen, regardless of how big it is or what you choose to do, the key here is to get your business to wrap around your lifestyle, not your lifestyle around your business. Yes, they learned that in this module. <laughs> oh, great. Well, fantastic. I'm preempting it because that's the key. And then, then it doesn't matter how you're doing it or how much money you actually want to make a year. That's irrelevant. As long as the business serves your life and you're not, your life's not serving your business, which so often happens. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that's, that's great. the key. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we're, I think we're just about all out of time, uh, everyone. So, Marcus, thank you so much for oh, being pleasure. on thank this. You. This has been so great. And I just, yeah. I know, I always ask our speakers, like, is there, you know, something or, or someplace people can go to if, if they want to learn more about you or what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you can go to uh, wellnessleadershipacademy.com. So that's wellnessleadershipacademy.com. And there are some free downloadable resources on that website. Um, I think there's a webinar there you can watch, a free recorded webinar um, that you can watch. Uh, and you can also go to marcusbird.net. Um, that's more of my sort of speaking website and um, mm. that's where I get keynote spe speeches and stuff from. So that's just a, yeah. But, but the Wellness Leadership Academy is the stuff that I do. And, uh, and so you can, uh, you can go there. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. So thank you, Marcus, for being on the call. Oh, it's been amazing. You. I thank Yay. you all practitioners that were on the call today. Yeah, and I want to thank, thank you so much. Yeah, it was so fun. And, and thanks all of our listeners for tuning in. Until next time, lots of love. Bye for now.